amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are both telling us that we are all connected, that we're all one. So what you do to another person you are literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Waking Up Laughing with Steve Bierman, a.k.a. Swami Beyond Ananda. <laughs> Steve is an internationally known author, humorist, and workshop leader. We are so honored to have Steve with us this evening. Welcome, Steve, to Awake to Oneness Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the work and play that you're doing to awaken people to oneness. And uh, you pronounce Beyond the Namba just right. It's it's an Italian name. It kind of rolls off the tongue. You did good. (laughs) Oh, very good. Well, thank you, thank you. Well, that, you know, that's one of the things of being, I've been hosting this show now for 18 months, and I don't always get the names correct, so I am so happy when I get it right. Thank you. Well, Steve, oh. I know a little bit about you, but please, um, there might be a few of our listeners that are, are not familiar with you, so can you share your journey, your path with us? Well, I, let's say I can share parts of it. I'll share the whole thing. But let's say I was born. At, I was born at a very early age. Uh, <laughs> I spent my I spent my deformative years in New York City, where I uh, I learned comedy. I learned. I was very very fortunate to grow up in a family where people loved humor, and mm-hmm. I saw humor used in a very healing way. I. I saw humor that was used to uh, lift people up. I, my dad was a very funny guy, but I never really saw him insult anybody or hurt anybody with his humor. So even though in New York, you know, insulting is just kind of a game that you play when you're a kid, you know, we, we all kind of did that. Um, mm-hmm. I had a pretty good education in, in humor. It wasn't used to bully or hurt other people. And I went on to have a serious career in teaching, uh, I wrote, I wrote a book on alternative schools. I started an alternative school in Washington, D.C., alternative high school. wrote mm-hmm. a book about it. I ended up teaching at Wayne State University in Detroit, and then a funny thing happened. And when I teach my, my workshop, Play Shops, on humor, a funny thing happened can mean an actual funny thing happened, or it could mean that there was an unusual and unexpected twist of fate that changed uh, one's life direction. And for me, it was losing my job uh, at Wayne State. I was teaching auto workers, and um, I, they had to employ their tenured professors, and I was temporary, so I got laid off. The only job I could get was doing tree work for the city of Ann Arbor, Michigan, taking down trees that had Dutch elm disease. And uh, incidentally, my, my Jewish mother, bless her, she was very worried that I would catch Dutch elm disease. Um, so I, I, I said, Mom, you know, people don't get Dutch elm disease. Dogs get it. She goes, dogs get it. What happens to dogs? I said, they lose their bark. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm working at this job, and I'm not really sure why. And 
at one point a fellow worker um, suggested that we write a humorous newspaper for the other people at the shop, which we did. And this simple twist of fate, unexpected happening, funny thing happening, totally changed my life and set me on course to do humor. I saw how well it worked. I saw how we were able to say things in the language of humor that really couldn't be said otherwise. And so uh, it was really quite an amazing experience. And a few years later, I started a publication called Pathways Magazine, which was one of the first holistic publications in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we realized that people needed humor, and that's where the Swami was born. Uh And the rest is mystery. I've been writing and performing uh, as a Swami for about 30 years. Wow, amazing. You know, there there are no such thing as coincidences and I know I know you know that. For me, honestly, I had not heard of Pathway magazine, even though I, I scheduled you weeks ago to be a guest on my show. I did not read your bio. I, I don't do that, so don't feel guilt don't feel any slighted because I don't do that to any of my guests. I just have with my show, with my show, I just do a show in the moment, so I don't even read um, my guest bios. But I, I did happen to glance at your bio just before the show, and I saw Pathway Magazine. I bring that up because um, I had a listener write me a four-page handwritten letter. I got two days ago. It was a beautiful letter. I mean, it had me in tears because of how I inspired her, and and it was just tears of joy and compassion. But I spoke to that listener today, and she mentioned to me Pathway Magazine. She's like, you've got to check it out. And so my first hearing of that magazine was not by reading your bio, but from a listener I spoke to today. And so I'm like, there are no coincidences in this world. I'm like, whoa. I love these synchronicities. I love those synchronicities. That is, like, amazing. That is so amazing. But it it, it always, because the thing, I was on the phone for over an hour with this listener because we kept talking about how how spirit keeps confirming. You know that it's spirit because spirit is going to keep confirming it over and over again. So that is just so amazing. Uh, and you also, you also co-host, you co-authored a book with one of my former guests, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And I got my awakening to oneness through quantum physics, <laughs> uh, watching the film, ah. what, what the bleep, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I love I'm into quantum physics, so please share share how that came about, um, the book that you co-authored with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Well, this is, uh, you know, of course, I've been pursuing my, uh, my comedy career, but there's always been a serious side of me. You know, my background is actually in political science, although I never actually got to dissect the politician. I always wanted to, but I got that far. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, about 11 years ago, uh, I met Bruce, and there was a friend that wanted us to meet. We we had a wonderful – Bruce and I had a wonderful time. We we stayed with he and his wife in Santa Cruz, my wife Trudy and I, and we became friends. And Mm -hmm. we began a conversation, and the conversation – really had to do with Bruce's uh, first book, Biology of Belief, which had just come out at that point, where he talks about how our beliefs and perceptions impact our reality. And mm-hmm. uh, since, my, since I was, we both were very interested in politics and in sociology and economics and so on, we decided to write a book that would look at how our collective beliefs impact our reality, uh, our history, our reality, and, and the outpicturing of human evolution. And mm-hmm. what we came to, it's, it's quite a, uh, it was quite a journey uh, doing this book with Bruce. And we, I totally adore his, uh, his spirit and his brilliant mind. And we had so much fun writing it. Uh, one of the key points that came out of this book is the recognition that the next phase of human evolution, this is very much in keeping with your oneness theme, 
The next phase of human evolution is recognizing that we are all cells in one super species called humanity and that every phase of evolution involves um, increased awareness and increased connection. And so just as we now are, um, we've gathered uh, in tribes, the next phase is recognizing that we're part of the same organism and consequently recognizing that so much of our behavior, so much of the certainly warfare, but also the more toxic forms of uh, competition are really a form of autoimmune dysfunction. And so um, the blessing of of writing this book is really seeing that um, if we follow the path of evolution, uh, we have a bright future. If we get through this little kerfuffle that we're going through right now, which are the growing pains of a maturing species. We're, we're as the Swami would tell us, we are uh, evolving from children of God to adults of good. And in the middle, we have this addled essence space where our essence has been addled by false beliefs and misperceptions. And now, during these times that are considered apocalyptic, and apocalypse means lifting the veil, during these times, we can now... Um, recognize who we really are and overgrow the structures that have been ruling us for the last 5,000 years. Wow. That is so true. So true. That, And I think it was for me, like I said, uh, I have such a endearment to quantum physics and, and the science aspect of oneness, non-duality, because I, I studied metaphysics and spiritual teachings for many, many years, and because of our our programming from birth uh, is so different <laughs> than truth <laughs> that it was hard for me to really embrace until I watched What the Bleed and understood, wow, this stuff is this stuff has been proven <laughs> scientifically, and it's not like I need science to prove something for me to believe it. I'm not. I'm not one of those. But it's just that. It just the 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 science made it all clear for me, and it made everything that I was studying metaphysically and spiritually became so clear once I got the, understood the science of that behind it. So it was like, yeah, and I so I loved, uh, Dr. Bruce was on the show, oh, goodness, I guess almost a year ago. I think he was last July he was on, on the show, and I, I just love Dr. Bruce's, um, his, his videos and his books and all the work that he's doing. It's amazing. So that, that is amazing. And then the humor, I love the fact that you are using humor to awaken, I love wake wake up laughing, you know. So uh, <laughs> I love that because the whole show is about waking people up, and wait, hey, waking them up laughing is a great way to wake them up. So <laughs> well, you know, the, the Swami says we will either have an awakening or we will have a wake. So uh, it's very important <laughs> that we do wake up. And what's really yeah. great about about comedy and humor is it disrupts in a happy way, in a pleasant way, it disrupts our normal way of thinking. So, uh, you know, for example, when we, when we laugh, uh, laughter causes breathing. And, of course, we all know that breathing is the key to long life. We breathe in, we inspire, we don't, we expire. Very important to keep breathing. And so as, we are, as we're experiencing this, what happens is when we breathe, more oxygen goes to the brain. Now, when we're in fear, when we're in uh, contraction, there, you know, there's a fight or flight mechanism, and that sends all of our energy to our extremities and takes the energy away from our forebrain. Uh, and so we're not as intelligent. We, are, we may act more quickly. We, we may act more reactively, but we're not. Uh, we're, in a way, we're more in touch with our separation than we are with our connection. What happens when we laugh is that we have more oxygen going to the brain, makes us more resourceful. Uh, what what uh, the Swami would say is, well, we begin with a ha-ha, and then the insight, the aha, and then the ah. 
as we leave the dueling dualities of the head to the unity of the heart. And that's how laughter opens up the heart because it takes us out of this um, mental explanation and puts us in this space of unified joy, happiness, and focus. And every, every time we laugh at a joke, it's a mini enlightenment, enlightening strikes and so on. So we say wake up laughing because laughter and humor is a way to awaken us from the trance that, uh, of imagining that this reality is really real. You know, imagining that this duality, that this separation, um, that the beliefs that we have, that we've been programmed with, are, it's really what reality is all about. Uh, some years ago, I, uh, I met somebody who had a near-death experience, and she came back from this near-death experience. She said, I was really angry. I said, really? You were really angry? Why were you angry? She was angry at all of the things she had been told as a child about the nature of reality. And in this um, uh, amazing experience of oneness, she found out that that's not really how it is, that, that it's really the other way. And so we have various ways of awakening, and, and laughing is, is a mini-awakening. Yes, so true, so true. I, I say that the laughter is the best medicine. I truly believe it. I love that they have this thing called laugh yoga, which is just, I went to one actually uh, about a year or two ago. I went to, it's on meetups. There was a laugh yoga. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> and it was, I had a great time. So it was just so, we were at someone's house. We were just sitting in the circle and just cracking jokes, trying to get each other to laugh. And laughter is contagious, of course. So. Yeah, so it was. It was. Well, that's you know, laughter yoga is about it's about the physiology of uh, of laughter, and mm-hmm. um, and and the the actual physical benefits of laughter. And you mentioned laughter is the best medicine, as many listeners probably know or possibly have heard about. Um, you know, in the 1970s, a, a writer named Norman Cousins was diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, and. Um, he had he had heard about this you know, laughter being healing, and he took it quite seriously. And he checked into a hotel room with Marx Brothers movies and Camp Camarillo, and he got well. And when he got well, the medical establishment decided to study the healing power of laughter, which is kind of like, well, it works in practice, but does it work in theory? And uh, in fact, there have been a lot of studies about the physiology of laughter. Laughing improves immune function. Laughter lowers the blood pressure because when we laugh, it causes our blood vessels to dilate. And as Swami would tell you, oh, that is much better than having them die early. I want mine to dilate. (laughs) And so uh, there's definitely physical benefits of laughter. However, when you add the element of comedy, you see the laughter yoga people, and I I love the concept. They believe in laughing for no reason, which is a good enough reason to laugh. The laughter yoga people don't actually believe in, they don't have a great sense of humor. They're just into the physical aspect of laughter. But when you add the dimension of humor, it actually shifts us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And I'll give you an example. This is a true story. It's something that happened uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, which was the closest we've come so far of blowing ourselves up. And... uh, at the time, there were some American and Soviet delegates meeting to discuss possible trade between two countries. And when news of the missile crisis hit, everything stopped and there was tremendous tension in the room. And finally, one of the Soviet delegates kind of timidly raised his hand and said, I suggest we each go around and tell a joke, and he volunteered to start. His joke was, what's the difference between capitalism and communism? In capitalism, man exploits man. In communism, it's the other way around. And what happened was the entire place exploded with laughter. And uh, uh-huh. when I, when I uh-huh. teach my, my workshop uh, mm-hmm. on, on the alchemy of humor, I explain that the elements, earth, water, fire, and air, are all present and operative 
when a joke really transforms. There's the heaviness, the earth, the heaviness of the material. Mm-hmm. The water is the emotional charge. The fire is the surprise. And the air is the air of truth. And the reason why that joke created a healing is it reminded people through humor, through the air of truth, right. of what we have in common beyond our ideological belief systems. Exactly. So true. Wow. 62, that's the year I was born. <laughs> there you go. What year? Yeah. Uh, what month you born? What, what's your actual birth date? Have you had your Astro Musical song sign that done for you? I don't think I have. It's January 12, 1962. Uh, okay, let me see. January 12, 1962. Okay. I'll tell you what it is. This is this is your fate and sort, uh, your fate and fortune, okay. uh, based on. I mean, uh, I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm serious. Okay. January. What's what's January? What what's the date? January what? January twelfth. January twelfth. Oh my God! Wow, you were born under the song sign "The Lion Sleeps Tonight." Mm-hmm. There I love you that go. Song. So, yeah, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you find yourself in the jungle sometime and uh, you're wondering if the lions are up, no worries. The lion sleeps tonight. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is amazing. serious. I met somebody, unfortunately, who was born under the song sign Heartbreak Hotel. I had to send her an antidote song via YouTube. <laughs> oh, Hotel okay. Happiness. You know, anyway, anyway. No, but anyway, <laughs> that's what happened in 1962. You were, you were born yeah. before the Cuban Missile Crisis. So well, anyway, if it happened uh, in 62, I was born in January. Yeah, you were the there first, for that. You were, you I was were there, already popped yeah. out. By I popped out. You were. I, I had already popped <laughs> out, yes. <laughs> and what, what yeah. part of the country were you born in? Uh, New, Jer- New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, so I was ra- raised in New Jersey. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. Well, you know, I, my wife was uh, we spent a little time in New Jersey as a little as a child, so she picked up the accent, I think. Okay. But, I don't uh, but you didn't, I, and I didn't. I don't no, think I have that. a Jersey accent, no. My dad, he was, okay, my name is Caroline. You know how, how I have yeah. the name Caroline? Who was president in 1962? John F. Kennedy. He decided okay. to name you after Kennedy's daughter. He said, my father said, if it's good enough for the president's daughter, it's good enough for mine. So that was my father. There you and go. He also, <laughs> <laughs> and he also said that we have to speak the king's English. So meaning he did not, we, that's why we don't really have a Jersey accent. I like the Jersey accent, but I know I don't have one. <laughs> well, you could be but. speaking... Queen's English, like from from Queens. I have a friend who's from Queens. He speaks the Queen's English, you know. Okay. <laughs> I speak the King's English because I'm from Kings County. He is from Queens County. So anyway. Oh, so. okay. Very good. So uh, now it's how can we uh, ask Swami to, to join us? Is Swami you around? You can ask Swami to. He is floating around. Let me get him. Hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hello. How are you? I'm Swami Yandananda. Hi. Oh, Hi, Swami. How are you? Well, Thank you for joining us. Well, I'm so sorry you were coming apart, but I'm happy to be able to join you together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no listen, it's great. It's, gr- it's great to be here, and you know what? We have no choice because no matter where we are, we're always here. Hmm? Right. Mm-hmm. Very true. And it's always it, it's always now. And so, mm-hmm. would you like to be in the now more? Yes. Well, never too late. Already then, it's too late. Okay, <laughs> but anyway. So, if you have any questions for the Swami, if you have an answerable question, I will have a questionable answer for you. Oh, okay. Uh, question for the Swami. Well, Swami, uh, just tell us what you're up to. Yeah. What, what's coming up for you? Well, what's coming up for me is I am on my Going Sane Tour. As you can see, things are crazy. 
Uh, and we have two political candidates right now. Uh, one of them is, uh, we call him the lone nut. And the other candidate is sitting on top of uh, a, a, a totally criminally insane system. So what do we choose? So if mm. we choose to laugh, it gives us more and more. If we choose to laugh, it gives us more and more benefits. It allows mm-hmm. us to wake up. It allows us to see more clearly. And it allows us to open our hearts. Because the more we open our hearts, the less we will need to shrink our heads. <laughs> and so I am on tour, Twelve City Tour, from uh, is for mainly the Midwest and, and, the, uh, and the East Coast between okay. August 12th and the end of October. And uh, okay. we are bringing uh, ho ho holy hee hee dilly. Okay. And when will you be on the East Coast? Well, we're going to be on the East Coast the whole month of September. Awesome. In New York, New Jersey, Washington, Virginia, New England, all kinds okay. of places. Well, I must and come to see you. Where okay. are you? I'm in the Poconos. Where are you? Oh, I told the Capanos in my day, yes. I, I was in the Picanos, which is uh, not too far. Oh, no, you're in the Poconos. Well, yes, I am in the Poconos. I've been here for 25 years. I love the Poconos. Now, where is the Poconos, Swami? This is a quiz. Oh, okay. Well, the Poconos is in a particular part of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And I know, because I come, you know, I... It's, and it's a good thing that Stephen Foster did not come from Pennsylvania, because otherwise it would have been, oh, Susanna, I think I'm going insane. I come from Pennsylvania with a pencil in my vein. Oh, ouch. <laughs> no, I, never wrote I, asked, that. I asked you that because so many people do not know where the Poconos is. They, like, they think it's in New York. They, they don't no. realize it's in Pennsylvania. Yes. Well, you're somewhere between, what, Stroudsburg and Wilkesbury or something like that. I know yes, the area. I am. I'm, I'm midway between Stroudsburg and Wilkesbury, right? Midway. And I'm in the heart of, heart of the Poconos, yes. So you're in mm-hmm. the heart. Okay, are you in the left ventricle or the right ventricle? <laughs> what town? What town are Toby, you in? I may have... Toby, Toby Hanna. Toby Hanna, P.A. Oh. Toby Hanna, that sounds like a, a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> the town was named after a Japanese restaurant. Some people may have may pronounce it Toby Hanna. So I'll say Toby Hanna. I pronounce it Toby Hanna but, because that my my father raised me to speak the King's English. So <laughs> 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 But I think most well, people if ever pronounce there were a king, he would have said Hanna instead of Hanna. Okay, good. Yes, Hannah. Okay. Yeah. Toby Hannah, yes. So, well, yeah, you know that Pennsylvania, this is, yeah. people do not notice, but Pennsylvania is more than 50% state forest land. So there's a lot of green, very beautiful. Yes, that's why I love it here. Yes, mm. so true, so true. I love it. There's a state park, Toby Hannah State Park, is four miles oh. from my house. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, that is very important to be out in nature because this is our human nature gets nourished by the natural natural world out there, yes? So that is why it's very important. Yes, this is so true, yes. That's why I say I'm so comfortable right here because I am so close to nature and I love it. (laughs) Even though I'm a quote-unquote Jersey girl, (laughs) Uh, I love it here. So well, I definitely, perfect. I'm definitely coming to see you when you come to New York. Very good. Well, we'll make sure that that happens. And and you know the, the reason why I'm doing this is because we we need to laugh more because as we laugh, we create these ripples that go out. And you know a laugh is like laughter is like loaves and fishes. You know. One person can come into a room with a joke and hundreds of people leave with it. It keeps proliferating, or as we call it, proliferating. It proliferates outward, and mm-hmm. it makes people happier, you know? And happiness is something that we don't get that necessarily from what we have outside of ourselves. It's what we have inside of ourselves 
when we share laughter, when we are in a room that is reverberating with laughter, we get younger. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yes, true, true. And um, also you had shared a story about someone getting healed. Uh, Steve had shared a story about um, being healed by laughter. Uh, the first time I saw an example of that was in The Secret. There was a, a lady who had been diagnosed with cancer, and she didn't do any traditional treatment. The day she was diagnosed, she went home, and she made sure every night she just watched comedy after comedy after comedy, and she cured herself with laughter. And I, I remember seeing that in The Secret. So it, well, there are many, many cases of that, many, many, many cases of that happening. Because it changes our physiology, it changes our chemistry, it changes our energy, it changes what we attract into our lives. You know, people tell me all the time, "How, Swami, how can I uplift humanity? And I look at their mouths and their mouths are turned down in a frown. I say, well, first of all, start by uplifting your face. Hmm? And when you feel the corners of your mouth move upward, this is called the levitational pull. So feel the pull of levity because gravity is a downer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Very true. It is so true. It, it's, it's so true, everything you say, because it does come from within. The laughter and the joy and the peace, everything good comes from inside you. You can't find it on the outside because the outer world is an, an illusion and it's, an, it's a mirror. So it's just reflecting what's already inside of you. I love. Uh, you know, I love ask, go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying. I was going to share an analogy. I love. Um, it's with a mirror. So say that you're crying and you're frowning and you're trying to make the image in the mirror smile. That's what we do. <laughs> Because the outer world is just the reflection. It's just that mirror. So you're crying and saying, why aren't you yelling at your reflection in the mirror and saying, why aren't you laughing, you know? (laughs) So I love that analogy. I heard it, and I can't remember where I heard it, but that analogy is so true. It's what we do with the outer world because all it is is that mirror. Mm-hmm. Well, they say we are all mirrors to one another. Maybe when I see you, I can shave. I could look at you and shave. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is true. This is so true. And it's it's so important. I think I believe to live oneness because now we we hear oneness now almost in all areas of life. But the important thing is really living it day by day, and for me, living it is knowing that that other person is a reflection of me. That other person is not separate from me. So when I remind myself, yes, when I remind myself that that person's not separate, that's how I, I can live it more. And each person does that individually differently. Like you do, you do your, your living through humor and bringing humor to everyone. That's your unique flavor you bring to the world. So it's just, it's amazing. It's for me to meet every day more and more people who are awakening to the truth inside inside of them and bringing it out in their own unique way, like you're doing. Well, you know, we're all one, the same one. If I'm one, you're one too. And each of us is totally unique, just like everybody else. And I believe that we are here to let our light fully shine. And Mm -hmm. the enlightened ones, they call that fulfillment. (laughs) Yes. So, so true. So you definitely, definitely have to... uh, just come to the East Coast so I can meet you in person because I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> well, that's good. We have a lot. How long are your arms right now? But they, no, this is good. This is good. We, Swami is taking a journey to the East. He's taking a yes. journey to the East. And we'll keep you posted. 
on my website, Wake Up Laughing, there's a calendar that tells you where I'll be okay. in the near, in the, for, in the unforeseeable future, I will be. Okay. So any <laughs> more you. questions that you have? I still have several answers left. Okay. Uh, let's see, Swami. Swami, um, let's see. I've, I've never had a, a, a Swami just ask me what I should ask him. So let's see, Swami. You well, give me, me the okay, answer no, because you're try, Swami. Okay, why don't we, okay, let me, okay. Now I will try it this way. I want you to ask me, to ask you what you want me to ask you to ask me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I know. I have a question for Swami. Swami, who okay. are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for in November? <laughs> well, um, well, let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll start by saying it will have to be the lesser of two evils, okay? Um, okay. And, and here's why. Here's why I am voting for the lesser evils, because if you, if you end up voting for the greater evil, you end up with the greater evil. So I say that we have a country, we have a deeply divided body politic. Half the population believes our elections are broken, and the other half, believe that they're fixed. And, uh, and so right now, we have been divided into these two tribes, the Red Tribe Republicans and Blue Tribe Democrats, who spend all of their energy arguing about whether it is worse to kill the born or the unborn. Hmm? And so mm-hmm. what we need to do is to unify our country uh, because it, when we are unified around the virtues and values that we share in common, we are able to have an impact on the way we are governed. So what we need to do is we need to bring left and right, front and center. We need to gather red tribe and blue tribe together in a sacred circle to talk until they're purple in the face. Because only by being together as one purple people will the peeps outnumber the perps. Hmm? <laughs> and so in this, in this electoral season, uh, you know, I... Uh, in, in looking at, at the two most unpopular candidates in political history, and it's, it's hard to, to achieve that because most politicians are unpopular, but these people right. are off the charts. So <laughs> I think what we, if we were, we have to go sane in the midst of this insanity. And so as sane people, we go, which of those two candidates is going to create an environment where we are most likely to grow and experience oneness? Which one mm-hmm. is going to allow that to happen more than the other one? Uh, and I, I think that for me, uh, I, I would say that, that evolution has played its trump card. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain why. Um, okay. You know, a lot of people have been talking about the end times, you know, and a few years ago, remember the rapture was supposed to happen? Yes. And it didn't happen. I met somebody who was actually disappointed because the rapture didn't happen. I said, hey, look, look, look. You know, so the rapture didn't happen. Don't, you know, cheer up. It's not the end of the world. But anyway, uh, but when I went to the Bible to look at what they said about the end days, they won't, you won't believe what I read. It said, and the final trump shall blow. <laughs> Many people out there believe that trump blows. Let's face it. Um, and you will never hear you will never hear me say a bad word about Donald Trump, and here's why: because uh, behind every soulless heel is an unhealed soul. Mm-hmm. So we who are healers of souls must also learn how to resoul heels. I have yeah. a program for resolving heels. I call it "From A Hole to B Hole." So we hold out <laughs> hope for Mr. Trump. So in this session, uh, I am not. Uh, I. I while I, I find it very, 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 very difficult to vote for Hillary Clinton, I am going to vote past Hillary Clinton. I'm going to mark her name on the ballot, and I am going to vote for myself and for the future of the human race mm-hmm. because I believe that Donald Trump will take us backward. And mm-hmm. we don't, it's really hard to, it's hard to go in reverse. It's, it's, you know, what we have right now is an administration, uh, the continuation of the Obama administration, only with probably more war, because she is more warlike. Um, we have that, which is basically status quo. It's easier to move ahead when you're stopped than when you're going backwards. 
And so we are looking to move ahead in connecting people and creating government of the people, by the people, for the people, where the government does our bidding and not the bidding of the highest bidder. Right. And it's the people who are active as the Berniecrats who are occupying the Democratic Party where real vitality lives. And I would much rather see those people in power than the people who Donald Trump brings. It would be amazing for the first, I think, say, first time in history, a write-in candidate won. That would be amazing, I think. Well, it would be amazing. <laughs> it wouldn't be possible, but it would be amazing. Um, I'll tell you why. Because all things are possible. <laughs> well, it, it, okay. all things are possible. Let me say this, but the question is, uh, the candidates who people want to vote for who are third-party candidates, first of all, Bernie will not run, okay? Second of all, the two third-party candidates, one represents the libertarian fringe and the other represents the Green Party fringe. For a real third-party candidate, it has to be somebody who is bringing people together from deep center, not from trying to smooth over our conflicts, but really from a true, central, coherent heart space. And we don't have that right now. We don't have somebody who is going to take the best of progressive and the best of conservative. However, however, that is happening. The Shift Network, are you familiar with the Shift Network? Yes, I am. We all know the Shift happens. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, They are doing a citizen summit August 1st and 4th where people in the transpartisan movement, those who want to uh, overgrow the partisan trans, uh, are meeting and speaking and bringing people together. Even at the Republican convention, there was something called the Purple Tent. And in the Purple Tent, uh, they had uh, you know, people who are Republicans and people who are progressives in conversation, looking at how we can listen to each other and cooperate across the party lines. Because what we have right now is a very, very toxic system of insinuendos and detestimonials. And what we need now is people coming together to speak from the heart, mm-hmm. to be heard, to be listened to, and to be respected. And from there, not compromise, but breakthrough solutions can occur. Mm-hmm. True, true. Well, I, I wasn't aware that um, Bernie, Bernie will not run. I didn't know that as a write-in. Oh, he I'm won't, absolutely. Very... No, he, is, he won't. No, he okay. actually created his movement to build mm-hmm. it in the Democratic Party, to transform this one Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's staying in it. If he wanted to run as an independent, nobody would have, he wouldn't have gotten the support that he got because mm-hmm. the independent parties are not really, they, they're not, really, they're not given a, a way to debate. They're not being included. The only right. way that things will change is to what I call a people's upwising, where people wake up and wise up that we are the leaders we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, we got strung out on hopium last time, and uh, this time we need to wake up and recognize it is up to us and not some savior, a true. dark horse on a white horse or whatever. <laughs> yes. No, so true. <clears throat> we have to take back our power because we, we are very powerful. We have, have much more power than we, we realize in, in our thoughts, our thoughts, our actions, and our deeds. So, um, yeah, and I, I, I just believe all things are possible. Um, so I, I, I'm not politically minded at all. I, I stopped watching news after 9-11. I have not watched uh, network news or um mainstream stream news since nine eleven. So but I I did listen to Bernie and I was like, I like him. <laughs> you know, like, I like Well Bernie. you know he has Well I want to bring Steve back for a second if I can. can okay. I sure, sure. Yeah, I, I was listening to this conversation and you know, I, I think that um after nine eleven a lot of people got kind of intimidated and uh they, you know, we'd, people would start, people would be talking about, um, you know, the dark things that were happening. And people, some people would say, well, I don't want to go there. 
And I would say, well, there has already come here. And so if we don't, uh, as Swami will tell you, the truth shall upset you free. And, um, and sometimes it's really important if we face those uh, inconvenient truths together, we find the courage uh, to do something. Um, mm-hmm. And so when, you know, and I, I don't blame you for not watching the news. Uh, you know, the mainstream news media is a brainwashing machine on spin. Um, and I think being aware of that, being aware of that is very, very important. And right. so the idea is how do we stay engaged um, mm-hmm. in connecting with people like you're doing with, with, uh, with oneness and so on? How do we stay engaged uh, connecting with people? How do, we ex- how do we experience this oneness in the political mm-hmm. domain? And, and the good news is through this, Transpartisan movement that uh, I'm a part of, and uh, you know, Shift Network and uh, Steve Farrell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, a lot of people are part of this. It's okay. a way for us to begin conversations that actually are constructive. You know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're stuck in ideology, it's sort of like this belief system against that. There's no movement because they're Ex- all rigid. There's no place to go from there. Um, mm-hmm. And in all of the really helpful engagements that have been done, I worked with a very uh, brilliant uh, political teacher named Joseph McCormick, and his background was uh, right-wing Republican, Christian coalition, military, and so on. And he got the idea that he wanted to reunite America. And so he began to interview people from across the political spectrum. And he did Mm -hmm. a phenomenal job of bringing... uh, leaders together from across different lines. He had Al Gore meeting with the uh, Republican climate change deniers. And Mm -hmm. by creating a personal um, connection where the field is that field of oneness, the field of connection that's undeniable, even if we have beliefs that separate us, through this undeniable oneness connection, Mm-hmm. He was able to get people to uh, listen to one another and then to agree on things that were mind-blowing. He got Pat Robertson, the, the you know, Christian coalition minister, right. Pat Robinson, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say climate change is real and it's caused by humans. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're in a, in a place where you're not arguing or when right. all the ar- you've already finished arguing and there's just a place to be, at right. that point, um, a heartfelt, respectful uh, communication can be heard, and uh, it, it's very powerful. Well, in, in truth, we have more in common than we, we, we want. We all want the same thing. We all want peace. You know, I don't think anyone on the planet doesn't want peace, and we want love. We all want the same thing. At our core, we truly do. Um, so we have much more in common than we, we differ. But what we do is focus on the differences instead of focusing on what we have in common. And uh, like you said, with the, in 1962, with the missile crisis, same, the same thing that happened in that room can happen globally. You know, that, yeah, hey, wait a second, we're not that different. You know, when you really you know didn't. something that something that happened during the missile crisis that not many people know about. There's a brilliant book by James Douglas, and that is two S's at the end, called mm-hmm. JFK and the Unspeakable: Why He Died and Why It Matters. And uh, when he uh, in this book, you read about what really happened after the Cuban Missile Crisis, and he and the Soviet Premier Khrushchev going to the brink of destruction was essentially a near-death experience for both of them. They had what one might call a near-death experience, and they were transformed. And in the, in the year uh, after the missile crisis, before Kennedy was assassinated, and this would indicate some of the reasons why he was assassinated, um, what happened was he and Khrushchev were secretly having a conversation about how to, um, how to reduce the danger in the world, how to disarm the, um, uh, the nuclear weapons. 
there was a nuclear mm-hmm. test ban treaty that was that was passed. Um, uh, it was interesting because the Pope at that time, Pope John the Twenty Third, was also involved in this conversation, and he believed that peace was possible. And mm-hmm. the uh, ambassador who was relaying messages back and forth between the Pope and John Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev was none other than Norman Cousins, the guy I just talked about, who healed himself through laughter. So what Mm -hmm. goes around comes around. Um, So it was definitely an experience of oneness for those two. And at the time of his death, Kennedy was in the process of pulling the plug on the Vietnam War. He -hmm. was in the process of um, uh, normalizing relations with Cuba, and it's taken 50 three more years to do that, and he was in the process of um, uh, looking to end the Cold War with the Soviet Union. There were certain forces in this country that Mm -hmm. couldn't abide that, Mm. that um, needed for the military-industrial complex to um, continue to grow. Right. It was so wonderful about the day and age that we're living in in 2016 is that a lot of these blinders that have been on for so long are now being just coming off globally. I mean, we have the Internet where people don't have to just um, listen to mainstream news to get their, their news. They can find truth on the Internet. And blinders are coming off. And for me, I think it's it's happening very fast that people are waking up, and when everyone awakens, and it, it it'll happen, they'll see that they can take their power back, and and it'll be a different place. So I, it's just my little drop in the bucket, my little drop in the ocean with the show <clears throat> to help help inspire people to awaken. And that's what these times are about. You know, apocalypse means the lifting of the veils, and the veils mm-hmm. are being lifted on a lot of the toxicity in human relations and what humans have done to one another. Uh, and the veils have also been lifted. You know, you mentioned the secret earlier and quantum physics and various spiritual practices. The veils are also being lifted on these... Uh, ancient traditions that have been kept in protective custody until uh, enough people were mature enough to use them. And so the resources Mm -hmm. that we've had in our lifetimes in the last 25 years to be able to uh, learn and practice shamanism and uh, Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic and all of Mm -hmm. these various practices and pathways to help us... um, become more than we've been, to remember who we really are, uh, to become these unique individuals in this uh, amazing matrix of oneness. Um, you know, that's really what what this period of time is, is all about. True, so true, so true. And I, I do see it. I, I see it happening in every aspect of life. I, I guess I don't see it so much in the politics in the political arena because I I don't focus my attention too much on what's going on in politics, but I know it's happening in every aspect of life, that people are awakening and in business, conscious business, with Humanities Team, uh, we have this big uh, focus on conscious business. And it's just, it's to me, it's just so heartwarming to see this and, and, and to be living in this in this day and age and be a part of it because we chose to be a part of it. We chose to be here at this particular time to help do, to help usher in the new age. And that's it. Well, I'm hoping that the new age gets here before old age sets in. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, very true, very true. This is a, wow, you know, we went from you know, we, we went from humor, which is great, to something, you know, more serious, which something I rarely talk about is politics, because like I said, my knowledge of what's going on in the political re- arena is very little, because I, I really don't focus on that, um, 
and it's 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 okay for me. I think it's because I know um, energy flows where your attention goes. So I just focus on what I want, the change I I want to see in the world. So I focus on that. I don't. I haven't listened to any of the. You know, I don't have um, mainstream television, commercial television, so I don't. I haven't listened to any of the debates or the candidates speak. I, I know it's Hillary and Trump, and I'm like, okay, this, <laughs> this is what we, this is what we have to choose from. I like Bernie. <laughs> That's all I can think. Well, you know, here's like, the thing. Yeah, and I think that that one of one of the problems has been that people think that politics is just a little puppet show that occurs at election time. There's uh-huh. really a meta-politics, and, and meta-politics is recognizing certain patterns. Um, you know, it, the, one of the patterns is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So what we have is a system, I call it soft totalitarianism, because... Um, the 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 parameters of debate are are very closely managed, and uh, you know as somebody who is probably concerned with with your health and well being and with being able to eat foods that you know are safe, right. um, you know even uh, the current system, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, they're largely in the pocket of corporate agribusiness. They're largely in the pocket of fossil fuel companies. And, you know, Bernie was just kind of a bright light that, uh, that alerted people and, and gathered a lot of young people around this idea that we can change the system. And we can, provided we stay engaged in the right things. And part of it has been that so much of politics has been, I mean, this year, you know, the, people aren't asking this year, hey, who are you voting for? They're going, hey, who are you voting against? <laughs> oh, I'm voting against Trump. Oh, I'm voting against Hillary. You know, people have their, this is who they want to vote. This is really weird. Is I, I see this cartoon, you know, it's like the um, the old fairy tale, Trump looking into a mirror, Hillary looking into a mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the unfairest of them all? You know, so we've got uh, uh, newer Situation. We have a situation right now uh, <laughs> that is partly due to well-meaning people not mm-hmm. to kind of getting turned off and tuned out of the political system because they imagine that the political system is this dogma-eat-dogma dogma puppet show that they right. see too disgusting to watch. It's like... You know, it's like watching two ugly people wrestling. You know, it's awful. So uh, instead, there's a new way of engagement. Now imagine this. Imagine if there were a uh, a website or a place, a landing place. Mm-hmm. We can call it a virtual town square where okay. anyone who wants to participate, every citizen has a verifiable vote. In other words, it's as authenticated as your bank card mm-hmm. and totally secret. And you can change your vote, and these are votes on different topics. So let's say that 50 million Americans said, we want this. It wouldn't have to become legislation. In other words, it wouldn't like directly become legislation, but it would be a very, very heavy um, thumb on the scale. And then if people didn't, if the, uh, the political leaders who are elected didn't deliver, then they could be de-elected the next time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a an, a good idea, new uh, new idea to the political arena. Well, one of the things I've noticed with people, like I say, I I, I am not very political, but I noticed on Facebook <laughs> that um, people that are very that are political, they tend to focus on who they don't want to win. And I I do believe in energy. I do believe everything is energy, and where you put your attention is where you're giving your energy. So I do believe that people inadvertently are giving their energy, giving their power to the person 
they don't want to see win because they're focusing so much of their attention on who, instead of focusing on who you want when Bernie was still in the race. I was like, okay, don't focus. Focus on Bernie. Don't focus on Trump. Okay, focus on who you, I believe in the power of positive thinking and the power of where your thoughts, what, Ever you're focusing on, and so many people who don't want to see uh, Trump elected are focusing all their attention on Trump. I see that. That is well, like right the now, way. Well, right <laughs> now, it, it is very ironic. It's very hard to win when you're pushing against something. Um, yes. You know, it's kind of like you empower whatever it is that you're pushing against. You make it stronger. Exactly. And so this exactly. is what. This is the this is the um, the blood that the Trumps of the world uh, thrive on. So mm-hmm. what's important? That's why my my program that I'm putting forth, which you'll hear about, is about voting past Hillary for ourselves for for the future that we want. And in order mm-hmm. to have that future, you know, we we'd rather have her occupying. We'd rather have her butt on the seat of power than his butt on the seat of power. But I think it's also, you know, again, it's, you know, every rule has its exceptions. And mm-hmm. there are certain times when there is a clear and present danger. And if you perceive something to be a clear and present danger, you want to make a lot of noise about it. And mm-hmm. having watched the political scene uh, for a long time, uh, having studied politics, having been involved in both sides and really met people on all sides, mm-hmm. I see that Trump presidency as a potential dictatorship and so i'm very concerned about it and mm-hmm. um i am writing this piece called evolution plays its trump card what i mean by that is that finally um we have to unite those of us that don't want the future need to unite and the conversation needs to be what we do want because that right. is what's in power so even right. i'm voting against Donald Trump because I want this. Right. Uh, Donald Trump way to get there. I'm voting past I'm voting past Hillary. Mm-hmm. May not even have to mention Donald Trump. Everybody knows who and what he what he represents. And right. you know, the reason why he's where he is is because so many people are totally set up with the political system as it is, the corruption. Um, mm-hmm. and that so many people have tuned out of it. You know, you go to Europe, all of these countries, they're shocked. They're shocked at how apathetic people are here. And, and the apathy has been cultivated. It's been mm-hmm. cultivated by making people angry, by making them fearful, and by numbing them to any kind of connection and compassion with someone they feel is from the other side. So... Mm-hmm. That's why the most yeah. radical thing is to begin a conversation between yeah. sides and, and yeah. see what emerges. Mm-hmm. So true, so true. Wow. Well, this has been amazing, and and it's definitely totally. This show is definitely taking twists and turns, but it, it it's been wonderful. Oh, I am so so honored that to have you here on Awake to Oneness Radio, and I'll be meeting you soon. This fall yeah because you will be you will, and here and you come to the poconos <laughs> i will po- we, i will come we, first i poke your nose and you know what yeah uh, you we know have new resorts yes you want to know why yes. the show is having twists and turns because right. your birth date was right on the cusp of the lion sleeps tonight and the twist oh Okay. If you were born two days later, you would have been born under the twist. So you're very close to that. So ah. it's totally understandable. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Steve, so much. I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you, Swami. Thank you both. I love you both, and I will see you guys soon. And uh, thank you, let, Caroline. Our li- let our listeners know how they can check out your um, website to follow your schedule again. Let them give them the name of your website it's, again. It's, it's called wakeuplaughing.com. Wakeuplaughing.com. The entire schedule from Fairfield, Iowa to Roanoke, Virginia uh, is all on there. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Steve. I love you. Okay. Thank you, Good Caroline. Night. As the Swami would say, namaste and namaskar. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.